I'm going to jump into the message because that's actually the message today is about our thoughts. You, you don't need to raise your hand, but I struggle with thoughts. As a matter of fact, the way that the enemy speaks to us the most is through thoughts. And all of the thoughts come into the first per, in first person form. I can't do this. I'm not worthy. I shouldn't be alive. I'm a mistake. I'm of this. I can't do that. And it's all I, I. And we say this, and then not just do we say it, we tend to then believe it. And here's the reality. Our thoughts have power. Because if you think that you can't, you won't. I don't know, but maybe it's just me. I mean, there's been moments in my life where I thought I couldn't, so I didn't even try. I thought I didn't qualify for the job, so I didn't even apply. I thought I wouldn't qualify for the mortgage, so why even put a, an offer? I thought I couldn't do this, so why start the business? I thought I couldn't. I thought I was incapable, and my thoughts stopped me. Because our thoughts have power. Our thoughts have power, and there's a battle that is going on for our minds. There is a battle that is being waged. They're powerful, and the reality is this, how we think and what we think affects our faith. What we think and how we think will affect our faith. Because if I'm believing in faith for X, Y, or Z, and I'm thinking the opposite, it will shift me from believing for it to not believing for it and being okay in my circumstance. I'm just here. It's the cross I got to bear. It's what I got to deal with. It's my thing. No, 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 no. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're in a crappy situation. Right? I, I, I laughed so hard with the doctor yesterday. I, I actually told the doctor that went to do patty stitches. I was like, dude, do you have a, per, like a regular practice or are you just an ER doctor? Because I would go to you. Because he's there and he looked at her and he actually said this. He looked at Patty and said, let me let you know, this is going to suck. Because he had touched the, her, her leg, and she, like, jumped, and she's like, is it okay? Did it hurt? She's like, no, it's just, I just felt it. He's like, well, feeling is good. But when I go to clean this, I have no other way to say, this is going to suck. I laughed. He laughed. Patty didn't laugh. <laughs> and if we're real... There's thoughts that come to our mind that suck, and they end up sucking the life out of us, sucking the faith out of us. So the question is, what do we do when these thoughts come? Because the truth is that thoughts are going to come. They always come. But how do we respond when those thoughts come? Do we just take it as a truth, or do we combat the thought with the truth of the word of God. How do we respond? Because as we think we're going to go, as we think that we can, we're going to do, or as we think we can't, we won't. I was thinking this morning of the movie. Man, I forgot the name again. Thank you. For Facing the Giants. I said it first service. In Facing the Giants, if you've never seen it, it's a cool movie put together by the Kendrick brothers many years ago. And in Facing the Giants, there, there's this young man. He's going to do these bear crawls. He's going to do these things. And he looks at the coach and says, I can't do it. 
And the coach says, yes, you can. He says, no, I can't. I, I can't go. He's like, you just need to go 10 yards. Come on, you can do it. And so he goes to do it, and this is what the coach says, or this is what the coach does. He blindfolds him. And he puts these, this blindfold on him, and they get into the position at the goal line, and he says, come on, you can do it. You're almost there. And this young man begins to crawl and begins to do the thing. And all of his team cheers him on. And his coach is there saying, you can do this. You've got this. And he's going. He's like, I can't, coach. I can't go any further. Yes, you can. And before you know it, with everybody cheering, with everybody going, he makes it not from the goal line to the 10-yard line, but all the way to the other goal line. And he tells them, stand up and take off your blindfold. And look at what you did. See, here's the reality. Many of us think that we can't, so we don't go. Because we are walking in what we see with the natural. And we get the thought, and we find how does that thought align to what I'm seeing. But the reality is that we don't go by what we see in the natural. We've got to go by what God says and what God sees. And as our thoughts are going, our faith is going to go. As our thoughts go, we're going to go, which is important for us to guard what we're thinking. Our thoughts can lead us to quit, or our thoughts can lead us to keep going. They're going to lead us to quit or keep going. I've had moments in my life where I've quit on something that I should have kept going because my thoughts told me I wasn't good enough. I'm sure every single one of us has moments in our life where we've said, well, this is it. That's it. I'm done with this area. I can't go further. There is a battle. There is an onslaught. So are we just going to accept it or are we going to do something about it? So what do, we, what do we need to do? Well, I want us to go to Philippians chapter 4. That's going to be our main passage today. Philippians chapter 4. If you've got your Bible, go to Philippians chapter 4. In my Bible, it's page 1,482. I don't know about yours, but... Philippians chapter 4, this is what it says starting in verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. That's not what it says. That's not what it says, right? It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. What does natural man, what does man, like human flesh, what do we do? If it's going good, woohoo! If it sucks, ah. Scripturally, we need to make a choice to rejoice in God always, in the midst of good, in the midst of bad, because we're not going on happiness, we're going on the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So rejoice in the Lord always. Then he says in verse number five, let your reasonableness be known to everyone, or your gentleness. The Lord is at hand. Verse number six, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Look at it again. But do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Here, write this down this morning. Our thoughts can produce anxiety and worry. Our thoughts can produce anxiety and worry. And I looked it up. I'm a definitions guy. I, I, I like definitions. I like science. I like to learn. And, and I looked up the word anxiety. This is the definition of anxiety. Of anxiety. Feeling of fear, dread, or uneasiness. Feeling of fear, 
dread, or uneasiness. And then I looked up worry, and this is what worry means. Give way to anxiety or unease. And I loved this sentence. Allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. The definition of worry in the dictionary is to allow the mind to dwell on difficulty. So the thoughts come, but do we dwell on them? Right? Like it comes, do we accept it and meditate, think on it, or do we actively choose to change it? I would say this, to change the channel. You ever been watching TV? And you put it on, and all of a sudden, the commercial was inappropriate. Or they're saying something, like if something's happening, or the TV show, something's going on. We can choose to, oh, I can't believe this is on prime time now. Patty, can you believe that? Or we can choose to change the channel. Actually, in our house, we, 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 this is what we do. When it goes to commercial, we press mute. We don't watch the commercials. If there's commercials, we just mute them. Because you don't know, like, it's all these medications, all these things, all this stuff that comes out. And it's like, I don't need my kids listening to this. I don't, and I, you know. By the way, the commercial, one, the medication one's my favorite thing. If you're allergic to this, don't take it. Duh. <laughs> I'm allergic to peanuts. Give me a bag. No, right? Like, anyway, sorry. That's my pet peeve. That, that just, anyways. We make a choice. You ever been to a bad movie? You go to the theater, you pay, pay, pay for your ticket, you get inside, you sit down, you got your popcorn, your, you got your, your snacks, maybe you're an M&M's and your popcorn type of person, I don't know. You're sitting there, you got your stuff, and all of a sudden the movie starts five minutes, ten minutes in, and you're like, why am I watching this? This is atrocious. This is horrible. And then the thought comes in, well, I already paid for my ticket. Maybe it's going to get better. Maybe it's this. Or do we look and say, hey, this is not appropriate. I shouldn't be doing this. Do we get up and walk out? I remember going to watch a movie with Patty some years back. And we're sitting there. It was at Dolphin Mall. We sit down in the theater. The movie starts. And about 10 minutes in, we were like, gato por libre. You know what I'm saying? Like they said one thing. This movie's the opposite. So I look. I was like, let's go. And now I, now, I didn't just leave. I walked to the front, and I asked for the manager. I said, that movie is insanely bad, and it goes against everything I believe. I want my money back. And they gave me vouchers, and then I left. I wasn't going to put myself, subject myself to sit there, stick it out. But that's what we do with our minds. The devil puts this thought. This, mind, this thought comes against us, and we're like, well, I'm just going to tough it out. I'm just going to deal with it. No, 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 no. I'm going to choose to do what that verse says that says that with through everything in prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. So this is the, the way I wrote it down. It says this, when negative thoughts come, we must choose to pray and release them to God. When the thoughts come, listen, this is what I'm telling you. I'm not saying if negative thoughts come. I'm talking about when negative thoughts come. Come, if we were to take an anonymous poll right now, how many of us had negative thoughts this morning, getting dressed to come to church or not come to church or do this or do the other, we'd all be able to say we had negative thoughts today. So the question is not about if, it's about when they come, do I choose to accept it and dwell on it or do I choose 
to pray and say, God, I give this off to you. A couple weeks back, I, I had this sleep. I, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about something. And I was wrestling with it, and I was up for a, I mean, I was just thinking about everything that dealt with this thing. And um, at one point in time, and it wasn't right away, it was like about, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes into me being awake, sitting in my bed, I'm like, what am I doing? It's like 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, what am I doing? God, I surrender this to you. And within minutes, I was asleep again. But it took me like 45 minutes where I wrestled with it. I'm just being honest. I'm just being transparent. I'm not perfect, bro. Far from it. And I I got there, and and then my wife and I were talking about it later. And she's like, well, why didn't you wake me up? I was like, I didn't want to wake you up. And she was like, well, I would have woken you up. (laughs) She tries not to. No, she tries not to. She was like, well, what did you do? And I was like, I finally got to the point where I asked myself, what are you doing? And I released it to God. And then I fell asleep. And here's the thing. The thoughts are going to come. Do we let them dwell? Do we think about them? Do we be, does it become, a, the, the, does the thought change into a worry, which then produces anxiety? Am I now allowing that thought to resonate and I'm thinking about it, I'm, I, I, I'm ruminating in it, like the cow. You know what the cow, you know cows, it's, if you don't want to hear, you know where I'm going with it. <laughs> you know cows have multiple stomachs. I told you I like science. And cows will bite grass and they chew it and they swallow it. And then they regurgitate it into their mouth, and they chew it some more and swallow it into another stomach. And then they regurgitate it into their mouth and chew it some more and send it to the other one. And that process is called ruminating. And in our mind, that's what we do. The thought comes, I chew on it, I dwell on it. Oh, God, I'm going to give it to you. But then it comes back, we taste it again, we chew on it. Good, I hope you're so disgusted by it. That you would look and say, I need Jesus and I need God to get rid of these thoughts. And we ruminate on them and and then we get there and then we throw ourselves a big old party. Man, look what I'm going through. Woe is me. Can you commiserate with me? There's a saying that says misery loves company. It's not in the Bible, but it's true. Come on, let's feel bad with me. Look what I'm going through. Woe is me. Look how bad it is. Oh, you're going to bad? I got one better than you. Oh, but you, but look at this one with me. Oh, but you, and before you know it, you've got an encyclopedia of issues, right? And you're just thinking about it. And you know who's getting the glory and who's getting the honor? Satan. And your faith and my faith, weakening and weakening and weakening until it's dim and non-existent. Oh, where did I go wrong? Where did I lose? Where did they lose their faith when they gave the thoughts of the things not of God more authority than what God says? Our thoughts can produce anxiety. They can produce worry. When the negative thoughts come, we've got to pray and release them to God. I went fishing with my girls this week on my Sabbath. Uh, We live on a lake. 
Um, I don't have fishing gear, but it's, it's fun stuff. So I called my brother, uh, one of our guys from church, Serge. I was like, Serge, can we, you know, can we take the girls fishing? So he came on over to the house, and he brought uh, uh, shiners and all the poles and all the things. And, and so um, uh, he went on the boat with Abigail and, and Alexandra, and I went on the paddleboard with Samantha. And so we went out on the lake, and, and we're going out there. And, and, man, each one of them caught a fish. It was so much fun. But can I tell you what we did with the fish? We caught them and released them. We caught and released. And can I tell you something? Some of them released easier than others. Watch. The hook on some of them caught very light, and we were able to quickly release and let go. And there's one specific peacock bass that it took about 10 minutes to get that hook out. Watch. The thoughts come. We got to catch and release. Release it onto God. Some of the thoughts might have a deeper hook, but don't just let the hook stay there. Fight in the spirit to get it out. Release it and give that thought to God. Catch, release. The Bible actually says in Corinthians, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, we get it. The thought comes, does this line up with Jesus? No, it doesn't. Then I refute it. It's like a true or false statement on a test. Is one little portion of the question of the statement is false. The whole statement is false. So what are we doing? When the thoughts come, we've got to catch them, release them, pray, release them to God. I wrote this down. We must choose to change our thought patterns. Choose to change our thought patterns. Choose to change our thought patterns. It is a choice. To stay there, thinking about it, or to shift it. It's a choice. And I don't care how long you've been a Christian, how old you are. You go, and you and I go through facets in life where it's easier to make the choice. And we go through facets in life where we're in such a rut that we, we, we stop pursuing God. We stop praying. We stop worshiping. We stop congregating. We stop reading the Bible. And then we realize, why am I having such a hard time doing X, Y, or Z? It's because we're so disconnected. And in the same way that you then choose to get right with God and choose to live with him, we need to choose to change our thought patterns. We need to choose to change it, to have a detour to get us past the circumstance to the other side of it. We must choose. Romans chapter 12, Pastor Ibai read it to open service this morning. Verse number two, it actually says this. It, it says that we need to not conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. Our mind leads us places, and we got to renew it. You know what that means? We got to read the word to renew it, to clean it, to flush it out. It also means we got to make the choice of what we're going to feed it. Right? You know what you feed is what you put out. I love garlic. Anybody here garlic person? Anybody here like garlic? Like, I like garlic so much that if I'm chopping up garlic to season it, I'll eat pieces raw. Like I, I like garlic. And I'll go through these spells where I'm like, I'm eating garlic with everything. And then like you walk by somebody that's like, you ate garlic today, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter if you brush your teeth 24 times, Listerine, snips, scope, you do it all. But man, everybody knows you had some garlic. 
So what are we ingesting? What are we allowing to go into our mind? What are we watching? What are we listening to? Are we constantly listening to the doom and gloom and every news thing and, and everything? And that's what we do. We wake up and it's what's the news? And we, and we go to bed and, and what's the thing? And what's the news? And we go that and, and what's the latest thing? We have the alerts on the phone of, of the stock market went up half a, half a percentage millipoint. And it's like, oh, it went up. Oh, it went out. Oh, like we're just all in this. What are we putting in? See, we renew our mind as we feed ourselves God. We renew our mind as we spend time with him. We are what we eat. And in that very same way, we are what we think. We are what we think. Go back to Philippians chapter 4. Watch. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Again, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Watch this one more time. And the peace of God, you could say it this way, and the peace of God, which doesn't make sense to mankind. Because that's what it means that it surpasses understanding. I cannot comprehend. Anybody here not like math and they put there to you a, a, an algebraic expression with X's and Y's and Z's and oh my, right? And you're like, I don't get it. And you just stare at it, all these letters, all these numbers, all these different things. You're like, I don't get it. And you're like, it doesn't make sense. I don't comprehend it. And then you look at somebody that looks at it and is like, oh yeah, X equals four. No piece of paper, no calculator, nothing. And you're like, how? That doesn't make sense. The peace of God to mankind doesn't make sense. You look at a problem that says X, Y, Z, L, M, N, O, P equals this, and it gives everybody hives, but you're at peace. John chapter 14, Jesus says to this, he says this to the disciples, Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do you know that that scripture is right after he promises the Holy Spirit? John chapter 14. Go read it later. Jesus promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you another one. I'm sending you a helper. The word is parakletos, which means another one just like me who can do the same thing as me. He says, I'm leaving, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. So as we're walking in a deeper relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is enthroned in our lives, guess what? Peace comes with it. Stock market goes up. All right, cool. Stock market goes down. All right, cool. Mortgage rates go up. All right, cool. Mortgage rates go down. All right, cool. Doesn't matter what they say. It's like, but how are you at peace? Well, because I, I may invest, but God's my supplier. I, I may be trying to buy a house, but God is my provider. I, I may be facing this illness, but God is my healer. So we're able to be at peace. But I'm being real. It's a fight in our mind to get rid of the thought, to push it to the side, which means some of us need to be very aware of who we're bringing into the thoughts that we have. Is it people that are going to pray with us and help us to get to the other side? Or is it people that are going to be like, oh, I can't believe you're thinking. Are you okay? How are you? Like, like, let me know. Call me. I'm there for you. 
and then they hang up with you. It's like, fulanito, tu sabes lo que está pa-? And people need some Bible thumping over their head. You know what I'm saying? Then it says, watch again, verse 7. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, what will it do? It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God's peace puts a guard over our mind. God's peace puts a guard over our mind. It'll guard our heart. It will guard our mind. We've been in this series on Wednesdays about the names of God. And and it's a small little four-week summer series. We've done the first two that we covered was Jehovah uh, El Shaddai, which means the Almighty God. And this last week we did El Elyon, which is the Most High God. And in a couple of weeks we're going to hit Jehovah El Shaddai. He is our peace. I love when... Moses asked God, and who should I send sent me? And God's answer was, tell him it was I am. See, you're facing illness, I am can take care of it. You ask God, God, who's going to heal me? I am. Situation with your children, God, who's going to reach my children? I am. Situation with your finances, God, how, who's going to provide? I am. Situation with whatever, how am I going to get through this, God? I am. I am. I am. I am. It's me. I'm your source. I'm your supply. I'm your everything. Now, here's the question. Do we believe it or do we believe it? Because sometimes we say we believe something without truly believing it. Right? We believe it as we would say a lo cubano de boca para afuera. Right? We just say it, but we don't truly believe it. We say it, but we don't truly believe it. And we've got to strive in our minds. We've got to grapple. We've got to wrestle. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and push them out. And then look at verse number eight. Finally, brothers, brothers, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, many, many, many years ago, some really smart person decided we are going to go ahead and have a specific unit of measure. Like a foot is going to mean 12 inches. Now, I, I could just imagine, like a car is like, hey, Mario, what's the distance from here? Like, oh, it's seven feet. All right, cool. So I go get the piece of wood, and I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I cut it. I bring it over. And it's like, bro, this is too big. But you told me seven feet. Yeah, it's seven feet. What's a foot? Well, my foot is whatever. Your foot. So somebody said, oh, wait, this doesn't work. We got to have a standard measurement. An inch is an inch here, and an inch is an inch in China, right? A meter is a meter here, and a meter is a meter in London. The thoughts come, measure it to this. Is it true? Or is it just a supposition that you think somebody? Is it honorable? Does this thought bring honor to God? Does this thought bring honor to Jesus? Is this an honorable thought? Is it just, or is it a scheme to get ahead? 
Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is there excellence in it? Is it worthy of praise? That's the measuring stick. And then Paul says this. If it matches up, if it measures up, think about it. What does that mean? If it doesn't measure up, don't think about it. Push it to the side. Cast it away. I love what Paul says here. Look at verse number nine. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Watch, look at it again. What you've learned, I've been teaching you and you've learned it. You've received it. You've heard me say it. You've seen it in my life, people. I was in a prison and we worship and God set me free. I was in a calabozo, right? I was in this jail and I wrote the book of Rome. Like I've been in the worst of the worst and I've been okay. It's why Paul was able to write this. I've learned how to have a lot and not have not enough, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So Paul looks at them and says, this was the secret sauce. This is the ruler. This is the measuring stick. What you think about will give you peace or take it away. Is it pure? Is it noble? Is it trustworthy? Is it, is it excellent? What am I thinking about? What am I allowing to come in? Measure it to that. Measure to it. And I wrote this worship team. I, I know you gave up your seats. If you can start coming inside, please. Worship team, come to the altar. Church, let's choose to change what we think about. Let's choose to change what we think about. Let's choose to change what we think about. It's a choice to think about it, and it's a choice to let it go and change what I think about. Here's the truth. If we all allow ourselves, we have plenty of things to look at not be satisfied, not be hurt, and ultimately constantly blame God about when it wasn't his fault. How am I going to choose to look at it? How am I going to choose to look at it? What am I going to do? And here's the thing. Thoughts come. Choose to release it. God, I give it to you. I give it to you. I take it captive, right? Once again, that, that catch and release example. It, it, it might be a fight. It, it, it might be a fight. I mean, if you're out in the ocean and you catch a jack, that's a fight. That sucker pulls. And you may fight for a while, but you take control of it, and then you let it loose. So the thought comes, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I'm not going to die. The Bible says I shall live and not die. Proclaim the, 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 the Lord's glory. No, 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 no. My kid's not going to be lost forever. No, no, no. The Bible says serve the Lord your God and you and your house will be saved. There's a promise. 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, 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 I don't have enough. No, 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 no. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Oh, I, I can't do it. No, 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 no. I, I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not on my own, not on my ability, not on my smarts, not on my wisdom. I can do it in Christ. We choose to think. And as we think, we're going to go. This is a fight. I'm 44. I've been a Christian for 36 years. I've been senior pastoring for 12 years. I youth pastored. I children's ministry. I mean, I've been pastoring almost as long as I haven't been pastoring. And the enemy tries to attack me with thoughts. But I choose to say no. I was sitting at the hospital yesterday while Patty was getting the x-ray. I had to go back out to the waiting room. And this lady walked by me, had a big old shirt that said, not today, Satan. I was like, yes. <laughs> like internally, I was like, I needed to see that. I needed to see it. Not today, Satan. Nope. Uh-uh. Not having my thoughts, right? Because the... The immediate thing was, like, she, she first went to urgent care, and the doctor at urgent care said, I can't stitch this up. I think it might have hit the tendon. So the first thing is, like, like you can ask Pastor Bye. I, I text her, call me. I was like, I'm at the hospital. I'm with Patty. We don't know what's going on. Urgent care says they might have hit the tendon. That might require surgery. If, I, if, if she's got to be internalized, if she's got to go to surgery, you're up tomorrow. You're preaching. <laughs> Are you ready? She's like, well, good, Pastor. I was like, all right. I'll let you know in a few hours. And as soon as I got the thing, I sent her a text. All right, we're good. I'll be there tomorrow morning. But where did my mind, look, I'm just being real. Where did my mind automatically go? Make a backup plan. I'm just being authentic, people. Like it or hate it, but I'm just being authentic. My immediate plan was get all your ducks in a row, human. And this lady walks by. Not today, Satan. Come on! Not today. So let's think about that. Because I'm going to be honest. Some of us today are going to have a thought. Surrender, give up on this marriage, give up on the kid, give up on this, let it go, don't do this, da, 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 da. get that thought and say, not today, Satan. Just give up and succumb, not today, Satan. I will not. I choose to change my thoughts and think about what is pure and noble and praiseworthy and worthy to be exalted and worthy to be praised. And as I let go of it and give it to God, peace comes. The Bible says in Ephesians that we have the helmet of salvation. Why do we need a helmet protecting our mind? Because that's where the enemy is going to come. And we look and we say, not today. Come on, say it today. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. I choose to change my thoughts. Let's stand to our feet.